Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Awesome. How many are enjoying that snow? Isn't that awesome? Got more snow? We thought we're heading into the spring and we got more snow, eh? How do you like that? Awesome. Why don't we stand and let's just pray quickly together. Ask the Lord to fill our hearts with His Word today. Father, we come before you, Lord, today. We just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change our lives, uh, that your word would minister to us today, Father. We just, we just, just wouldn't be hearers, but we'd be doers of the word. God, speak to our hearts in a powerful way today, so we give you glory and all the praise. And everyone said, amen, amen. So we're doing a series. We're still on the series. It's six weeks and going. Um, and it has to do, the, the title of the message series is The Power of Prayer. And you cannot exhaust this message. I mean, I've already got part two to what, or part three to the prayer of praise coming up. Well, part two next week, and then there's probably a part three. Because uh, God is just opening His Word in regards to prayer. How many know a church that prays is going to see revival? So this is a topic I think that we need to understand and ask God to open our hearts so, un- so we can understand what He's saying about prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 is our key verse this morning. It says here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, okay, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints, okay? And um, I like how it says all prayer, and in some translations it says all kinds of prayer, all kinds of prayer, all different types of prayer. And as we study the Scripture, there's different types of prayer, um, and, and there's different laws. And so these are some of the prayers. We could just turn my mic up just a little bit. Um, all kinds of prayer. So the first one is the prayer of supplication. We spoke about that a few weeks ago. And that prayer of supplication is you're, you're asking God. There's um, needs and wants. And you come and you, you come to the Lord, and, and there's an emotional connection, and there's a fervency in your prayer. Uh, the word, actually, in the word supplication, we have the word begging, okay? Not that we're beggars, but there's that pleading, Lord, come, Lord, come minister to the situation, take care of this marriage, do whatever. And it's, it's a supplication. It's a coming before the Lord. It's you keep knocking, you keep asking, right? You keep going before the Lord. That's supplication. The second one is the prayer of intercession. This is as we go before the Lord on behalf of the unsaved. It can be kings and leaders and all men, the Scripture says, uh, interceding that God would show mercy and grace uh, in their lives. The third one is the prayer of dedication. The prayer of dedication is the type of prayer, the only prayer that you pray, if it be thy will. You're dedicating your life. You're putting yourself on the altar of the Lord and saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. The reason why it's the only prayer in which you say, if it be thy will, is because it has to do with subjective material or direction. It has to do with direction in your life. And so subjectively, we go to the Word of God, and we can pray knowing what God's Word says, so we have something objective, we have truth we can hold to. But with subjective prayer, it's, it's based on God's specific will for you. I spoke about this last week. I said, you know, there was nowhere in the Scripture that it said, Travis, you must marry a Swedish woman. Nowhere in the Scripture that tells you where to go on a mission trip or what you're calling in life. That's subjective. That's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you as an individual, and you have to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. 
Everything else, if we search the scripture, we have direction, moral direction. We have faith direction. We have direction on how God wants us to treat one another. So we can't say, Lord, I will forgive him if it be thy will, because it's in the word. It's objective truth. So the prayer of dedicating your life on the altar, saying, Lord, not my will, but your will, is actually a prayer of faith because it's subjective to what God wants. Does that make sense? Then we have prayer, which is basically just means to communicate with the Lord with thanksgiving. Then we have the prayer of praise, which is where I want to focus today. There's the prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement, and prayer in the Spirit. So there's all these types of prayer that we can pick apart from the Scripture. And the thing that we need to recognize here is that, um, you know, all of these prayers have different laws attached to them. For example, the prayer of dedication, you always pray, if it be thy will. It's outside of your realm. The prayer of faith, you always got to trust the Word of God. So there's laws, and if we don't apply those laws, we don't see the breakthrough in prayer, okay? And so today, I'd like to show you what I believe hinders us from breakthrough and blessing in our lives. So we're going to talk about the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. I want you to know uh, that, uh, and I know you're aware of this, that there's an atmosphere around people that attracts or detracts people from you, right? We have an atmosphere that we create around us that either attracts or detracts people. This is very important. And the Bible talks about it like a fragrance or an aroma, okay? I'm not trying to sound new agey. God said it, okay? There's a fragrance or an aroma around certain people. Now, if you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. No, I'm not talking about the natural. Never mind. You go into the bedroom and it smells like a locker room. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that. Um, but there's many verses in the Bible talks about God receiving certain aromas or fragrances from our lives, okay? And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16, it says, But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. When you're bringing Christ to people, does it come across as a sweet perfume? Because that's what the gospel is. It's good news. And when we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's like a sweet perfume. There's an aroma that comes off of our lives because of the good news. Our lives are, Christ, are like a Christ fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we're dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are life-giving perfume. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a life-giving perfume. I believe you're being saved. You're in this place, right? So you're a life-giving perfume. And we got to be encouraging each other and telling, everyone, telling each other that all the time, right? And um, so, and uh, th there's so there's really three groups of people. Really, we we look at the scripture, and as I study the scripture, we have three types of people. We have the righteous; those are the people who have been washed by the blood. Are you righteous in this place? Let me see. It's not of works, lest any man shall boast. It's the blood of Jesus. There's the unrighteous, and I believe those are those are people who are humble at heart that would come to the gospel or will come to the gospel, but they haven't heard or they haven't had the opportunity to receive, they're the unrighteous, but then there's the wicked. 
And the wicked are the people that say, we want nothing to do with God. We want nothing to do with righteousness. And we're against anything that is called God. How many know what I'm talking about? They're the wicked. Three types of people. Bill's like, I know those people, right? And those, kind, and those are the people that will persecute us as believers. But to us, like when we're going to share the gospel to people like that, we're the smell of death to them. They hate us because their moral views and their worldviews are antichrist, and they hate us. Now, we need to pray for the wicked. God can redeem them. But I'm saying there are people that are wicked. They're against God, all right? So if someone doesn't treat you good when you share the gospel, it doesn't mean you're not an aroma of fragrance. It just means to them you're not. Does that make sense? All right? And um, I love what Pastor Rick says, Pastor Rick Cemetero, my pastor, he says, Thanksgiving is a scented aroma that fills the atmosphere around a Christian's life. It will attract the Holy Spirit just as negativity and murmuring attracts the demonic realm in your life. So as, as Christians, when we have thanksgiving and praise on our lips, we actually attract the Holy Spirit. We attract the glory of God. We attract the presence of God. If you're walking around murmuring and complaining about all that's wrong in the world, you're just going to attract negativity. You're going to attract demonic to your life. I want to hear what I'm saying. But when we're thankful and we're praising the Lord, we attract the, the atmosphere of heaven into our lives because that's the culture of heaven. And praise brings the glory of God. We're going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. And it came to pass, when the priest came out of the most holy place... For all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves uh, within their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asphah and Haman and Judah, you uh, can't say these names, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals. Okay, so Scott was there playing his cymbals. Stringed instruments, Don was there j- jamming away. Roger, you're probably there with your electric, right? But where's the power for this amp? Come on. Get with the times. Um, stringed instruments, harps, and with them, 120 priests sounding trumpets. Could you imagine 120 trumpets going off? Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, made one sound to be heard in, let's say this together, in praising and thanking the Lord. This is the key. They made one sound in praising and thanking the Lord. Say it together. In praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, and let's say it together, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, okay, here's what happened, that the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house, Okay. Now, um, now I believe that those people that were there, uh, that were praising the Lord, they, some of them maybe had issues in their marriage. Some of them had problems at work. Some of them were under persecution or were wondering where their next meal was coming from. They had their issues. They had their concerns. But when you praise the Lord, you put all that aside and you worship God. Because praise is not based on how you feel or your circumstance. It's, it's on God. And so praising is awesome because what they said was, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. 
And so what you do when you praise, it's not based on how you feel or your circumstances. You make a choice in the moment that I'm not going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on God because he's the answer, and his mercy endures forever, and his mercy is the answer to my marriage. His mercy is the answer to my bank account. His, his mercy is the answer to my depression. And you begin to declare, God, you're the answer. Your mercy endures. I praise you despite the fact that I feel like crap and I just lost my job. You're worthy and I honor you and I praise you. And when you do that, the glory of God comes. Amen? Like it's easy to worship. We sing love songs to Jesus. But when you're going through a tough time and you make a choice, you make a choice, I'm going to praise him in the midst of the storm. That does something. That brings the presence of God in your life. Amen? And then we see, um, and, and praise is not based on your circumstances. I'm telling you, the Bible says that many times it's a sacrifice. Offer a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord, the fruit of your lips giving thanks. It's a sacrifice. I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to make this sacrifice to the Lord. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. I just quoted it. Therefore, let him, let us, what's the word? Continually offer the sacrifice of praise of God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. All right? And um, because it brings the weighty presence, it brings the glory of God into the church. It brings the glory of God into your family. All of hell can be going off in your family. I know this from experience. All of hell can be breaking out in your family. Situations can be happening that are out of your control. And instead of murmuring and complaining and crying out to God and saying, God, why? You begin to say, God, your mercy endures forever. Praise you, Lord. You're, you're the answer. Your glory, I just thank you, God, that you're bigger than that. And you begin to praise God. You begin to thank him in the midst of the storm. And his glory shows up and fixes the problem. How many hear what I'm saying? And that's why God, the Paul is saying here, continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. How many here needs, you say, I need God's strength in my life? Anybody? I need God's strength. You need God's strength. But strength and praise are interconnected. I'm going to show you that from Scripture. So we're going to look at a couple of verses here together. Psalm 8, verse 2. It says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants... You have ordained strength. So say ordained strength. So we see it here. It says, God has ordained strength because of what? Your enemies. So God has ordained strength because of your enemies, okay? That you may silence the enemy and the avenger, okay? So if there's an avenger after your life, all the avenger fans were like, yeah, I'm awake now, okay? that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. The enemy is out to destroy you, right? And you can silence him and you can stop him because God has ordained strength for you. Say, God has ordained strength. Now, Jesus quotes this verse and he changes the wording. And I like this. Matthew 21, verse 16. Jesus said to them, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you ever read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have, let's read it together. 
perfected praise. So Jesus is taking out ordained strength, and he's putting perfected praise in there. Because you can't separate perfected praise and ordained strength. What is perfected praise? When everything is going wrong, you choose to praise him anyway. That's perfect in the sight of God. And when you, when you praise him in the midst of the storm, God ordains strength, and then he defeats the enemy for you. Isn't that good news? I mean, I'm excited. I think that's pretty good, right? Uh, if you want to seal your prayer with power, seal it with praise and thankfulness. When you pray, thank God for the answer, even though it hasn't arrived yet, you have just sealed it, and you have set the enemy on the run. So number one, praise sanctifies the atmosphere, okay? It brings the glory of God. Number two, praise and thanksgiving sets an ambush against your enemy. You know, if the enemy is attacking you, when you praise God, you actually set an ambush against the enemy. And I think, I think what God wants to do in this, not just in our church, but around the world, we've really had a movement, a lot of really good praise and worship, a lot really good worship, right? But God wants to restore praise to his church because we're all wanting the glory of God, and you ain't getting it unless you praise. Because when they praise the Lord, the glory filled the house of God. And so here we see that King Jehoshaphat understood the principle of praise and thanksgiving. So let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21 to 22. And when he had consulted with the people, the king, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. Now, he said here, this is what they had to say. You ready? Sounds familiar? Let's say it together. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's what they had to sing. And and look here. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, okay, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and and all who had come up against Judah, and they were what? Defeated. Uh, Guys, I'm telling you this. Like, you know, you heard heard our story a hundred times now with our daughter when she... um, was diagnosed with the arthritis. My wife called me. She says, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we need to praise the Lord. And I said, what does that look like? And she goes, I don't know. I'm coming to the church. We're going to put on some praise music. So we came here. We put on some wild praise music. and We danced around and we praised God for about 20, 30 minutes. And then we felt finally a breakthrough happened. And that's when my wife, my daughter got healed, right? Because we practiced this principle. We're going to praise God in the midst of the storm. And that was a choice that we made. And when we did it, the Lord himself sets an ambush against your enemy. Like, we need to do this, church. We need to understand these principles. When the Bible says, praise the Lord, it's, it's, it's because he's worthy and he, he deserves all our honor and our, he deserves all the glory. But at the same time, we benefit. So why wouldn't we do it, right? God wants to open the windows of heaven and set an ambush against our enemies, right? And so in the Old Testament, we see... Uh, which is really a shadow of the New Testament, the Levites had three responsibilities. They had to commemorate and write things down. Number two, they had to thank the Lord. And number three, they praised and celebrated and raved about God. So the Levites would go around, God is awesome. God is worthy. God is worthy of praise. And they would rave about God all the time in front of the people. And in doing that, they would stir an excitement. Now look, 
what it says here in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 4 to 7. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, this is David, to commemorate and to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him, Zechariah, then a whole bunch of people I don't want to try to pronounce, were playing the stringed instruments and harps, but Asaph made music with the cymbals. See, you were there again, brother. Okay, Benaiah and Jehiza and the priests regularly blew the trumpets before the Ark of the Covenant of God on the day that first delivered the psalm into the hands of Asaph and the brethren to thank the Lord, okay? And so thanksgiving and praise opens the door to deeper worship. And so David understood this, and he said, I have people assigned just to praise the Lord, just to come and thank the Lord constantly to open the door for God's presence. We see in Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. Why in the world would I do that when all of things in my life aren't going well? I just lost my job. My son's backslidden. This is going on in my life. And you don't understand. You know, I've been praying for years and nothing's happening and nothing's changing. Why would I do that? Well, the verse tells us here, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. See, when we praise the Lord, we release mercy. Do you see that? Every time you talk about praising the Lord, mercy follows. I need mercy. <laughs> Isn't that good? Why would I do that? For the Lord is good, His mercy endures forever. His truth endures to all generations, okay? And, and, and so this, this is really important. So here's three of the benefits of praise that we just talked about. Praise releases the glory of God. Praise sets an ambush against your enemy. Praise releases the blessings of God over your life. That's only three. I've got like eight, which I'll have to do next week. But I mean, it's just the more I study this, the more it's opening up. I'm realizing like we as a church, we don't just need to pray more. We need to understand prayer. We have to understand what is the prayer of praise because there's power in prayer. Amen? God's blessing is released on us through prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 67, verse 5, look at this one. Let the people, and this is important, this is really good, okay? Because I haven't talked about this when God releases the blessing. How many need blessings in your life? Look what this, look what this says. Like, this is amazing. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you, next verse. Then the earth shall yield her increase. It doesn't say worship, it says praise. Okay? God, our own God, shall bless us. When we praise God, the blessings of God begin to overtake us. Man, when I read this, I get excited. I like, I want to go home and have a praise party. How many want to have a praise party? I'm telling you, you know, we're going to actually, in, I think, is it next week we're doing the, uh, yeah, Libra night. We're going to do a little bit different. We're going to have one guitar, I think, that's what, something like that, unplugged, just coming back to the heart of worship, and we're just going to worship and we're going to praise the king. It's not going to be about performance. It's going to be about, let's just worship together. And we're going to praise the king. And when we do that, the blessings begin to flow. Isn't that awesome? Um, let's go to the, keep going. 
God shall bless us, and all the earth, ends of the earth, shall fear him. So this is important. In other words, we need to be thankful before we receive the things we have asked for. And this is really the, the highest form of faith. When, when we're thankful, even when we haven't received what we've asked for. But God, I've been praying for 15 years for this to happen in my life, and it hasn't happened yet. You know what you need to do is you need to thank God before the answer comes. Because thanking God brings the answer. Because thanking God brings the glory, and the answer is in the glory. Right? And so I, I'm amazed because it's really the highest form of faith. I don't know how I so respect Abraham. Like, here's a guy who, for 40 years, he was told, you're going to have kids. And now he's over 100 years old. His body is dead. Viagra's not invented yet. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, she can't have kids. Like, I don't know a 100-year-old lady having kids. Like, forget it. It's not going to happen. And I love this because I read it, and it says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving praise to God, giving glory to God. Why did he do that? Okay? Because he knew that God was able to complete what he said he would do. And um, so, so here's the thing. Here's the spiritual law. Let's bring up the next slide. The spiritual law of the prayer of praise, and this is what they are. One more slide. There we go. The prayer of praise is often sacrificial. It's not always sacrificial. Sometimes you're just having a really good day and God's blessing, and you're just like, God, you're awesome. I praise you. I honor you. But a lot of the times it's a sacrifice. It's a choice. We have to choose. It's not determined by your feelings. It's not determined by your circumstances. Okay? And praise causes you to focus on the answer to your issues, which is God and his goodness and his mercy. Because we can get our eyes on our problems, and we're praying about our problems, but our focus isn't on God. It's on our problems. We're just talking to God about the problem instead of praising him. Because his mercy is the answer to the problem. Does that make sense? And this is a spiritual law of praise. You know, my wife um, was on a worship team back in Oshawa. And um, she used to, the, the worship leader, his name was Dima. Do you remember, do you remember Dima? You were on the worship team with, yeah. Uh, so he would be up there on the piano. And he came in one day and he said to the worship team, Today... I want you all to dance. We're going to dance before the Lord during the praise and worship. And my wife said, I don't feel like dancing. And he goes, she's like, I don't dance. And he goes, it's a sacrifice. You're going to step into it by faith. And the next week we're going to be talking about uh, praise, and there's different words. One of the words for praise is to dance, and it's in the, the Hebrew before the Lord. She goes, I don't, I don't feel like it. And he says, you know, you just you step into it. It's a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. My wife's like, I don't want to, but he was rushing. You're going to do it. And so part of the Red Army. Do you remember Dima? Oh, man, he was, he was good. So, uh, so she just started to dance. And she said what happened as she began to dance a few minutes into the dancing, she felt like, like, like rain coming down over her, and she got filled with the presence of God so she could hardly stand. And she said ever since that day when the worship's going on, 
and she begins to offer a sacrifice of praise. She'll come in here sometimes uh, in the morning, and she's not in a good mood. You know, church, like, just had a bad morning or whatever, and she'll stand here, and the praise starts, and she starts to dance. She says she feels like rain come over her because when you sacrifice and you praise the Lord, even when you don't feel like, it releases the glory of God and his mercy for your problem. Amen. So God is calling us to be a church that will say, you know what? We're going to prayer the pray the prayer of praise. And so we're going to we're going to finish today's service, okay? And you can you can just bring these thoughts to your mind, some of the issues maybe you're struggling with or going through right now and say, "Lord, today I'm not focusing on the problem. I'm going to praise you because your mercy endures forever." Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.